Hello, hello. Welcome back to our perspective. Here we have. Okay, who's K. Millie? A young entrepreneur. Um, I'm from Harper CC, and I have a clothing line um, called Clothing Boutique. Clothing. What's the What's the slogan? They warm, they fly. Period. Period. Okay, so on today's episode, we're going to be talking a little bit about breaking generational curses and some of your childhood experiences that kind of mold you into the person that you are today. So do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yes. Um, so I grew up in Hartford. But part of my life was in New Britain. Um, my mom was a single mother of three. Um, at seven years old, I pretty much helped lose my siblings. Five years apart. One is five years apart. One is seven years apart. I was seven myself, still a kid. But my mom, you know, she had to work. She had to do what she had to do for us to survive. So I was pretty much her backbone. And just being there with being there for her, being there for my siblings, making sure they're good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've always been the protector. Mm-hmm. The protector. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So growing up having to be that protector and having to grow mature at a faster age, how do you think that affected you? I definitely feel like it gave me a lot of responsibility, mm-hmm. but that responsibility molded me to who I am today. Mm-hmm. So, and I was teaching my siblings how to be responsible at a young age. So when they come older now, mm-hmm. they already got this instilled in their, you know, minds to be responsible, to be clean, to, you know, just following my steps pretty much, you know, my mother's steps as well. Do you feel like during that time you were able to still be a kid? Yeah, definitely. I think so. I'm still playing around, jumping around. Um, doing stuff I had no business doing. Mm-hmm. You know, made the best of it. Okay. How has that affected your relationship with your mom? Um, pretty much grew up together. Mm-hmm. She had me at 19. Um, she was going through a lot with my dad, so I was right there with her, you know, comforting her. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm her backbone, and she's my go-to. But I also feel like we clash a lot because mm-hmm. not everything she agrees with, I have to agree with, or her say-sos or not my say-sos. But I listen for the most part. Um, she definitely has a huge impact on my life now. I know she only wanted the best for us. Mm-hmm. So. I love my mom. She's a good mother. Period. Period. Well, I know um, some of your background, and I know that you grew up in a Caribbean household. So, how do you think that is different from a typical American household with the white picket fence and the mom and dad and two kids and the dog? Well, I would say my father was definitely in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom was obviously just more present. 
Um, but I feel like it wasn't too bad growing mm-hmm. up in a Caribbean household. Um, there's definitely ups and downs. They're definitely more stern. I don't play that. Um, but growing up in a Caribbean home definitely molded me to who I am today as well. Mm-hmm. Grandmother, grandparents. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't play. They always you know make sure that we're good. Um, that's usually how it goes. Like parents go to work, you walk the game, watch by your grandparents and stuff, and raise by them pretty much. So mm-hmm. I grew up pretty pretty well. Can't, mm-hmm. can't complain. Not spoiled to an extent. I was actually I I actually was spoiled. I was gonna say I break to defer, but I was actually you know very fortunate. Me and my siblings, we were very fortunate. Um, we always my mom always made sure that we had a roof over our head, food in the house. So. We were definitely more. We were definitely very fortunate, but we did have our ups and downs. No family is perfect. Um, yeah. I would say for me, it's a little bit different because I grew up in a single family, single family. You hear me? A single mother household. <laughs> single mother household. My dad was not really present, and not where he wanted to be. Um, and I have siblings, but. They weren't and is not in my life at the time. So I kind of grew up as only child. But as far as like the Caribbean piece and being held at a certain standard, definitely can relate to. And it definitely has molded me into the person I am today. Um, I want to talk a little bit more into... As part of breaking generational curses, how did you define what that is for yourself? Like, what is what is that? Um, I would say I'm about to get a little bit raw right now. As you should. As you should. Um, I feel like it wasn't so bad, but I feel like our parents, Caribbean parents specifically. They don't really hear you. They don't really listen. You know what I'm saying? They just, they think they know everything, mm-hmm. you know, from the nitty gritty. Mm-hmm. They don't. You know, you may think you know your child, which for the most part you do nine times out of ten, but that that one mm-hmm. be the, the piece that's missing. Like, they, they think they know your mental health, your mental state of mind. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, you're going deep, so... I didn't really like as I was growing up. I always was told like, "You're okay. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with you. You'll be fine. Mm-hmm. We're gonna we gonna figure it out." You know what I'm saying? So that was always my mentality. Like even in my adult years, until I realized like I'm not okay. Mm-hmm. Maybe I do need to speak to someone other than my parents and my family, my mm-hmm. siblings. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So um, definitely having good friends and. A good circle definitely helped me. Even like my job, like now, like I'm questioning my mental health and I'm in the mental health. Mm-hmm. You know, it'd so, be like that. Yeah, so I'm just, it's different because, like, like I said, that 1%, the parents don't know. And I feel like now I'm like, I have a voice for myself. Mm-hmm. And I'm voicing how I feel, I'm voicing the things that are a trigger for me, mm-hmm. what triggered me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, and as you're voicing it, I know that's not an easy road 
So how how is that how is that going? It's going. It's not going. It's going pretty good. Um, feel like that burden is off of me mm-hmm. by speaking up, by letting them know how I feel, how I felt, mm-hmm. um, even how they've made me feel. I'm not saying they're bad parents. But, mm-hmm. You know, like there's times where, like I said, they feel like they know everything, but right. they don't. They don't know how you feel. You know what I'm saying? And we we have that mentality where we keep everything in. Mm-hmm. Like, it's okay, and it's, it's not, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So, When was that pivotal moment that you realized that you weren't okay and you needed to speak up about it? As far as hearing you're okay, um, you'll be fine, what do you have depression for, you don't know what depression is, and things like that. Those stigmas around... Um, Black and Caribbean households not believing in mental health and pretty much relying on your faith and God for everything. When was that moment that you realized this is not it? I would say, I'll be honest with you, I'm 25 turning 26. You old. <laughs> <laughs> and I honestly didn't realize that until I was 24, 25. I'll be honest. Hmm. I'll be honest. I was I was stuck in my own head, mm-hmm. you know, thinking that there is nothing wrong with me. Mm-hmm. I'm not like someone else who may be going through something, but I'm not saying that I am. But I have my own triggers, my right. own trauma, my own, you know, issues mm-hmm. that I'm trying to deal with every day. You know, God is there for sure, and He has been there always, never left. Mm-hmm. You still have issues. You still go through things. Like you still feel things. Like mm-hmm. It's okay to feel things. Like I used to be the type of person to be like, you know, try to hide my emotions a lot. Try to make it seem like I'm not mad about something or not sad about something. Like I wasn't crying, and it's like I snap and I'm mm-hmm. okay again. You know what I'm saying? But I realize I need to talk about these things. I need to maybe vent. Mm-hmm. Maybe get it off my chest, even if it's just me and God, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? But not not hide it, not fake it. Like, mm-hmm. it's not it's not real. Like, it's not reality, you mm-hmm. know? So, mm-hmm. I'm coming from a long way. You know? It's been, been a journey. So, I'm, I'm still I'm still hanging on. Um, I would say for me, The relationship that I've had with my mother has been a roller coaster, and I've spoke a little bit about this on my previous episode on um, living in a toxic household. Uh, don't get me wrong, I've had a, a great upbringing, but I think that a lot of us in our generation now are recognizing that our parents are not exactly what we needed and whatever aspect that is but they did the best that they could and they're still doing the best that they could and there's a lot of us that take that for granted as well because our parents are having us in different times of our lives some of some of our parents are having us 
when they're still in high school, when they're starting college, when they're not living in their parents' house, when they're probably on drugs and with the wrong influences. So our parents are t- embarking this journey at different areas in their life and they morph into survival mode. And sometimes there's no point where they know where it come off of that. They don't have to do that. Um, so we embody these same traits that we we are okay and um, our feelings are not real, our feelings don't matter, and that's how we build up that anger and resentment towards certain things and about certain people. But we don't realize how much it affects the people in our lives currently either. Um, so I think it's like vital for us to have those conversations with our parents. And I know as far as us being Caribbean, that's not the easiest thing to say. Um, there's people who may be listening or people who have tried to have these conversations and it did not go well. There's people who's risking being homeless over having these conversations. Um, so what kind of, what kind of advice would you get to people who are struggling with that? voice how you feel let them know even if it's a hard thing to do and they don't hear you at least you said something mm-hmm. no one can't tell you or take that from you that you didn't say anything and it, for you to you know pretty much express what has trauma or anything that has happened mm-hmm. to you that's 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 coming from a you know that's coming from a tough spot mm-hmm. but for you to come out and say that and build up that courage to do so it's big. Mm-hmm. It's big, and trust me, I've I've been there. Mm-hmm. Hardest thing I had to do. Mm-hmm. One of the hardest things I had to do. And I cried about it. Cried while expressing myself, or you know, voicing the things that have, that has gone on mm-hmm. or happened. And I felt so much better. Mm-hmm. I feel like I cried cried off cried away my burden, almost. Although it's still you know, lingering, I still feel like I, I got one thing off my chest, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And that was, that was a big thing. Mm-hmm. So uh, my advice would just be, say what you got to say. No matter if you got to say it in baby steps, like do to do baby steps to, to say it. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like your relationship with your parents has gotten better because of it? I really feel my father specifically. I, he's so he's someone I could easily talk to. Mm-hmm. He's understanding. He's more on the understanding side than my mother would be. Mm-hmm. But um, as for my mother, literally a couple months ago, is when we got we got deep. Mm-hmm. And you know, I feel like he's to a more understanding now. Mm-hmm. Yes, out of how many years? Mm-hmm. But yes, it is. I think I think that's <clears throat> the difficult part where our parents know us like the back of our hand, our hand, the back of their hand as their child, but not as an individual of who we are. Because um, they've raised us, they've taken care of us since we came out the womb. So they know us as their child, but us navigating in the world as us, as the people that we are, they're not, they're not too um, knowledgeable about that. 
And one thing my therapist said that stuck with me is, um, because I, <laughs> I'm the queen of detaching, quick. And I and I when I don't like something or um when I just get a bad taste about somebody, I'm quick to ghost or quick to be like f this and not look back. And that's something that I've been it's a learned behavior for my mom because she didn't take that either. Oh, anybody, even family included. So I have a habit of doing that, but she. Back to what I was saying. My therapist said, why am I making so much excuses for my family, but I'm so quick to cut off a friend? And that stuck with me a little bit. Because you are so quick to cut somebody off or not look back, but we continue to make excuses for our family who are, who continue to, to disrespect us in different ways. And that's where you have to kind of put the line Am I going to work through this with them or do I need to love them from a distance? And that doesn't have to be forever. It can be a period of time. I think it could be like that. I think the older you get, um, you realize a lot more. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you really just got to love them. You got to understand, like, misery loves company. I don't want that company. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So. Mm -hmm. Um. So back on the topic of raising your siblings, they're grown now. <laughs> they're kids, but they're grown now. Um. Yeah. <laughs> what are some lessons that you have taught them that you see, um, coming into fruition now? Accountability, mm. owning up to things, being responsible, knowing themselves, <laughs> and having morals, and just being themselves. I always told them, be yourself, mm -hmm. be authentic, be different, you know, um, and also be kind. They know all these traits that are pretty much same for y'all is everything that everything that I've taught them they're doing now. Like, mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like as far as respect, manners, and just growing up. They've just grown up to be fine kids, like some mm -hmm. really good kids, responsible, respectful, uh, very manageable. So mm -hmm. I was gonna really bad to say about my siblings. They're good kids. You know what I'm saying? They're not on the street. They in school, they working, mm -hmm. you know doing what they gotta do mm -hmm. you know siblings we have our ups and downs mm -hmm. with us it's like we can fight right now or argue and we talk in the next two minutes mm -hmm. figuring out a way how we can work it out or communicate better or whatever mm -hmm. that's what i love about my siblings you know what i'm saying me and my brother were seven years apart me and my sister were five and that's close them mm -hmm. two they two years apart so that's real close in age you know what i'm saying but we We've always been close, and I've always told them like, "Hey, like, we're all we got. Mm -hmm. Take care of one each other. Take care of one another. Mm -hmm. You know, look out and just protect each other, no matter what." Mm -hmm. And speaking up for themselves too, I always want them to have a voice. Mm -hmm. Always, 
De más de 22. <laughs> <laughs> um, for those who also had to take on that parental role for the siblings, for one or two or three, four, however many, because um, you know, Caribbeans like to have big families. Um, who had to take on that role where the parent was actually absent? How do you think that may affect them? And what advice will you have for them? I would say... I would say... Um... Like, as an adult now, the per- the individuals and adult now when the siblings are grown they don't they no longer have that responsibility how would you advise them to kind of deal with that trauma because it may be traumatic yeah yeah um okay so i would say um i can kind of speak for myself okay um like I said in the beginning, my father was around, but it would have been better to have him in the household with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, know, you came, you stopped by, you checked in on us, stuff like that. But it's a difference when you're actually living there, mm-hmm. you're actually with us. Um, you know us, obviously, we're your kids, but you're not with us on a day-to-day basis. You're not come into every conference that mm-hmm. come into every fall and band-aids stitched up whatever you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying so you're not you're there but you're not there at the same time mm-hmm. you know you need i feel like you need both your parents mm-hmm. you need that strong village you know you need that backbone for both parents it makes a difference your parents are supposed to be your protectors um, especially fathers supposed to protect the household, take care of the household, and just, you know, hold everything down. So not having both my parents in the same house, it was it was, it was tough. It wasn't easy. Um, that young boy, my brother, trying to raise him, trying to teach him how to be a young man. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. At some point as he got older, and it's, it's difficult because he's, you know, he's around a bunch of girls and mm-hmm. stuff like that, you know, so... He's the only boy at the time growing up. So it was just like, it's hard to, you know, I try to keep him in line as best as possible, mm-hmm. but you still need that father figure, mm-hmm. discipline, you know, teaching you right from wrong, how to talk to your sisters, how to treat your sisters. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I think definitely having, not having both parents in the same household and just the back and forth, like that's going over father's house all over kind of like you know like I'm, I'm not complaining but it's it's just different like when you when you when your home is your home your mm-hmm. parents is, it's there you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? it's a different type of feel so. yeah but you know my mother never kept us from my father mm-hmm. he's always been in the picture if i call him now or then he's coming mm-hmm. I do wish he was living with us, but 
things happen. And mm-hmm. I, was, I was very understanding. Even as a child, I was very understanding. I think I took on a lot of that load, like asking questions, wondering why this, why that. Mm-hmm. But, and when it was brought to me or brought to my attention why things are not the way I would imagine it would be or how I see families are on TV and stuff, um, it made me think, like, why can't it be like, why can't my mm-hmm. parents, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I'm glad that my mother and my father have that, have has, has had a great relationship and always, and they co-parented, um, although they had their ups and downs, ups and downs. They still, they still made a, made a, made a way to make sure that we stuck together and that they were, you know, they, they were good enough to make sure that we, we was good, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So, I'm very thankful, mm-hmm. but I do wish my dad was more present um, and there for us, you know. Cause my, mm-hmm. my mom, she was like the mother and the father. Same. So, you know, Same. she held it down. Like, I, I can't, I can't blame her for what she's gone through, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, for how she's, stuff made her fail or mm-hmm. having to work three jobs to meet ends meet because mm-hmm. it was tough. It wasn't mm-hmm. easy. It's not easy raising three kids by yourself. Yeah, it's yeah. not easy raising one. <laughs> so, I can imagine. Yeah, my mom often says that a lot too. I'm the mother and the father, and me being the emotional being I am, but not emotional at the same time. I kind of took that as. confusion I would I would say as as it would happen for any kid because my mom was very nurturing but disciplined me a lot at the same time and when you do something wrong and you get an ass whooping (laughs) and then the next minute you get I love you I didn't mean for you to do that but I want you to listen it's confusing as a child because you don't really know what I would say the consistency of that happening, you don't really know what a loving relationship looks like or supposed to be, and that kind of morphs into different relationships as an adult. Um, And even just for those who have witnessed um, family violence with their parents, you don't know what the right way is supposed to look like, even though the right way for everybody looks very different, but you don't know what a healthy relationship looks like, and that's why people kind of seek what they're already used to in adulthood. Um, So, yeah. Do you have any last thoughts? This was my very first podcast, so I was a little nervous. I was a little nervous, but I'm glad that I was able to open up and we were able to go over some cool topics. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. OP, it's a pleasure to have you. Appreciate your experience and your gems and your advice to offer to the audience. Um, yeah, we thank you.
And don't forget to seize the day and don't let the day seize you. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe and go check out the YouTube. Not YouTube. Scratch that. The website. <laughs> the website where we have stickers. Um, and there's going to be a new job coming out this month. So stay tuned. Um, and yeah. Until next time. Definitely go get you some stickers because they fire. They um, they've been on my my, my MacBook for, for almost a year now. So go get Ooh, you some. Period. Right. Period. <laughs>